Well, good morning, everyone. Hello, hello. Go ahead and take a seat. Um, so glad to have you here this morning. So thankful that you're here with us. Um, and I'm really grateful for this morning for uh, one particular reason, and it's this man sitting to my left, your right, Garrett Callahan. Um, Garrett, over the last maybe 14 month, months or so, has done just like an incredible, incredible job leading Uncharted, which is our ministry um, to people who love creativity or want to grow in creativity. Um, and so for the last year, they have been gathering on a monthly basis and really going on an internal journey together, um, exploring the things that uh, God would illuminate in us as people to uh, reveal the creative spirit of who he is in us and just the intentionality and the incredible leadership that he's exhibited in that uh, has been incredible. And you guys are making kind of a transition as we start a new year. Talk a little bit about Uncharted as we get into what we're talking about today. Yeah, well, first, thank you, Cole. And, and one of the things that I love is I wouldn't, I wouldn't have Uncharted wouldn't have happened if it weren't for Cole. And I remember there was a Sunday where Cole's like, we're, we're looking for someone to help cultivate the creative community. And, I, and that sparked in me. I was like, that in that season of my life, I was like, this is what I want. So I, I started talking to Cole. And not that, but just since the moment I met Cole, like he's been someone who's believed in me and walked with me. And so it's such an honor to be able to share life together and to get to share ideas. And so I'm so thankful for you and just believing in, in that yeah, in me. Sure. So yeah, but Uncharted... What I feel like this year is about is is action. I believe that the last year for Uncharted has been laying the foundations for who who are we as a, as a people? Who has God creatively made us to be? And so we've been looking and laying a foundation of how that looks practically in our day to day lives, as well as developing community based on the idea that we are not what we make; that we are human beings first, and then we create things. And now that that foundation has been laid, the next step is now what are we going to do about it? And that's time to stop just talking about it. And it's time to actually take a step and and show that this is what we believe. So Uncharted is going to be moving into a season of taking action, taking action by living out what we've been learning, and that's going to look a lot of different ways, and it's I'm still in the process of, of fine-tuning it, but as I like to say, it's going to be sort of like a, a creative task force. So if you if you like creating things, then uh, we're going to need you. So. And if you've never met Garrett before, you now know he goes a million miles an hour uh, in both head and heart. Um, he's a fast thinker and a big lover, which is really, really great. And we've been in this series together over the last few months called Form, where we're talking about what it means to transform to the image of Jesus. How do we take on the likeness of Christ? And today, Garrett and I, as we think about creativity and as we have explored just the nature of God and who he is as a creator, uh, we wanted to come and talk our community through something this morning around the concept of creativity, specifically in terms of story. And so there are a lot of different formats of story, and today we're going to talk about these five forms of story. Balance, unbalance, quest, climax, and new balance. So it's five kind of components of story, balance, unbalance, quest, climax, and new balance. When we think about balance, it's just the way that our lives are today. And that doesn't necessarily mean we're living in healthy balance, but it's a recognition of uh, how our lives are today, the circumstances of our lives, who we are, who God has made us to be, where we are in that journey. So that's that first com component, balance. And we'll, we'll take, as we go through each of these, we'll take some time to meditate on what God is doing in our lives in each of these areas as we consider them. 
Unbalance is a moment where there is an inciting incident in our lives that stirs things up. And we'll talk a little bit about that and provide some opportunity for us to consider how is the Lord stirring and working in our lives right now to create unbalance that, number three, leads us on a quest, that sets us out on a journey to become the people that God has created us to be and to pursue the things that he's created us to pursue. And that ultimately results in some sort of climax where something changes in us or in the world around us. And lastly, a new balance. How has the Lord led us on this journey to take us somewhere in order to um, kind of allow us to grow to a new place? And what does that look like? And what do we do in those seasons where we reach kind of this next phase of life? And so we're going to talk about that in some big ways, and we're going to talk about that in some small ways. But just as an example, Garrett, why don't you talk to us about kind of how God has demonstrated these five steps and just his story with us as people and in his presence in the world. Yeah, in the beginning, you know, there, when you, oh, yeah, oh man, up. listen, if I sit, it's not going to go well. We so. only have like 35 minutes. Don't remember, worry, so. don't worry. I know, but I got to move, okay? So I love in the opening, the opening words of scripture is in the beginning, in the beginning, in a galaxy far, far away, once upon a time. What does it have to say about God? That this, this is the first thing that God wants us to know about is that God created. And now what I love about this is I think too often we always focus on God as a savior, as a king, and that's needed. But remember, he was first a creator. The very first thing God wants us to remember is that he loves to create. And so we open into this moment of balance where there's a garden. We, he, he creates, he's creating out of a, out of the unity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and animals are being made, the world's being shaped, and then he creates Adam. He's like, let's make someone who looks like us. And that's, and Adam begins to name the creatures. And you have this world that's blossoming full of color. And then Adam, he gives balance. Adam, yes, balance. And he gives, he gives Adam Eve. So, so far, things are going really well for Adam. He's got the highest girl in town and no one to take her. He lives in a great world. I mean, that's balance right there. He's just going great. But then we have this, we have, we have a moment where Adam is deceived and, and, and Eve, and they begin to fall and soar after this moment of, of falling into sin that you can see history begins to unravel over time. There's this moment of unbalance. They make a choice that is outside of God and, the, and the history begins to unravel. And as you go along, you can kind of see that God tries to save humanity. He tries to, he tries to start over. He's like, well, maybe if we re erase everything and we start from scratch, that will help. That didn't work. Maybe I'll give them sort of like the Justice League of the Bible. I'll give them these men who can part water. They can turn blood into, you know, water into blood. They can, they can kill thousands of men with jawbones. They're super strong. You know, so he brings the Justice League to the Bible. That doesn't work. So then, you know, you have this moment. It's like, what's next? As, as Out of unbalance comes this sense of quest. And I imagine that, that Jesus looks down from heaven. And he's like, I need to go down there. I need to go to my people. So he makes this quest. And and he, what I love is this is the story. Of Jesus is, is the best story ever told. Here we have we have this prophecy, you know, about this ancient child that people have been waiting for years and years, and he comes, and people who even try to stop the prophecy are actually fulfilling the prophecy. And we have, you know, we have we have this king who's trying to kill the babies, and but Jesus comes, he comes as a man, he walks among us among us, and that leads us into a climax. He's moving towards the point that we can't that you cannot turn back from. There reaches a point in climax where you cannot go, you cannot go back, you must commit and go forward so Jesus does he does what he does the point of no return and that is he dies for us and after that moment begins a new balance begins a moment where in us now where God's story ends our story begins yeah 
every time he talks, it's going to feel like a performance piece. So just get ready to applaud after every time Garrett stands up. Um, so in Acts 1.8, uh, Jesus kind of is, is about to ascend back into heaven. And he makes this transition, kind of handing things off to us. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we have this grand meta narrative that Garrett, you know, talked about from the inception of the moment where God decided to create. And so that moment where God once again redeemed humanity and reconnected us with him in an intimate way. And not only that, commissioned us out. So we have this grand meta narrative that spans the entire timeline of creation. But also we have these smaller narratives along the way. Each day when we wake up, God is calling us from a place of balance where we are right now into a place of what am I calling you into today? What are the inciting incidents today that I want to put in your life to help you grow into the person that you're called to be? And what is the quest that God is sending us on in the micro moments of our lives, not just in this grand meta narrative story? And how will we live into those things and see those things realized in these climactic moments of every day? And then at the end of our day, we exist. If we've been fruitful and moving forward in the things that God has called us to, we exist daily in a new balance. We exist daily in kind of these small moments of our lives of incremental process and change. And so not only do we have this grand meta narrative, there is there are these micro moments in our lives every day where God is calling us into something and inviting us into a story. So again, we're going to have several moments of reflection today. And this is the first one as we get into looking at each of these five elements. Think of a narrative in your life. And we're just going to pause here for a moment. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and think of a narrative in your life. Maybe it's a grand narrative of a dream that God has given you that he's inviting you into. Maybe it's you recognizing the call of God on your life. Maybe it's something that's happening in a relationship right now. It could be really big. It could be really micro. But let's just all in this moment allow the Lord to bring to mind a narrative that is currently unfolding in our lives. And as we spend the rest of this morning, we're going to continue to go back to that story to allow the Lord to inform us and lead us today. Lord, we pray for a sweetness this morning. That as we bring to you the story of our lives the moments of our past and the moments of our present, the hopes and expectations and even the fears of our future, God. We bring those things to you open-handedly. We bring those moments to you open-handedly and we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and wash over us in a powerful way to align our hearts and our heads, our souls and our spirits with you, to see things the way you see them and to have vision that is big, as big as your vision for our lives. So we come to you open-handedly today with our stories in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to take some time to look at and reflect upon each of these five elements. Again, balance, unbalance, quest, climax, new balance. If you forget them at any time, you can look at the back. They're back there. Uh, We'll be talking about that in just a little bit. But uh, we'll start here with balance. And again, balance is, is the way things are. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that 
the moments of balance in our life, the way things are in our lives, um, don't necessarily always feel balanced, right? So we can have a, a moment in our lives, we can be in a, a period of kind of stationariness that is either healthy or unhealthy. And it's God's desire as his people that when we're living in moments of pause, when we're living in these, these moments of balance where we're waiting on the Lord, where we're waiting to step out, where we're waiting on that uh, inciting incident, that we're people who are living in those moments with great levels of health and peace and connectivity with him. When we're, when we're in a, a season of healthy rest, when we're in a season of healthy waiting, that season is defined by being grounded, by being connected with the Lord, by being a person who is constantly seeking him and looking for him and discovering more about who he is and who we are. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus extends this invitation to us, this invitation to rest. And he says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there is a great value to seasons of our lives where we are existing in the peaceful rest of Jesus where we're able to, to experience the balance of the peace of the Lord in our lives. And if we can establish that in moments where there isn't a lot of turmoil around us, we are able to then carry that peace into the quest of God that he's calling us into. Yeah, it's so good. And I, I can think back on, there's a moment in my life where I, I decided to move from Orlando for the first time. And I had these great expectations, great dreams, great like ideas of what I was going to accomplish, what I was going to succeed in. What I, and as I began to take those steps, I quickly realized that I was operating in a place of unbalance, very unhealthy. And that I was really, what I was holding on to was the outcomes. And that I believed in the outcomes instead of what God had put in me and who he was. And really, I began to put my purpose and my hope in the vision itself other than God. So in that season, God really put me in a place where I could not escape him. And he, he went after me. And I began to find a place of stillness. And that frightened me. That terrified me. Because I was forced as it was like this, this, this raging like lake in my, in, in my soul was stilled. I suddenly was able to look into the clarity of it and see who I really was. And there's some things that were not so great about it. But in that process, allowing me to be still and hear what God was saying and to reflect, it created an opportunity for me to respond. And one of the things that I feel so strong about is that when we are able to stop and reflect, we are able to see God clearly. And when we're able to see God clearly, we're able to see ourselves clearly. And the truest reflection of you will only be found when you look into the face of Christ. And so we as a people need to be taking time to settle, to calm ourselves, to still ourselves. And I know because I'm talking about this. And it's hard to do, but when you commit to it, it takes action, it takes dedication. You allow balance to come. And when you know who you are, and that is when you know who God has made you to be, there can be vision. And once you know vision, you know how to step out and you know how to move. But you cannot move if you don't have vision. And that vision comes from a place of having a responsive heart. So I think the call to us, if we are going to choose into living a good story, is first we need a people who know how to wait. And waiting for us 
is, is not, it is not a um, passive thing. When we wait, we allow, we are saying, God, I trust that your outcome and that your ability to lead and guide my story is greater than my own. It is, it, waiting is an act of courage. Waiting is a weight of strength. It's saying, I trust that you are moving like lava under the ground, that you are moving, that there's a current that is shaping me, that is forming me. And when the time is right, you will break through and you will, and you will push me forward. But I will not, I will not control my life. I will let you control it. So it's important that we live to, in the place of balance, of learning to find quiet and stillness so that God can speak to us and we can be reminded of who we are. Yeah, last week, Ryan talked about how um, change happens when the Lord does something inside of us and then it manifests itself externally out in the world. And there's so much value to that as the Lord is refining us in these moments where we're waiting actively for him. And so, you know, as the, the story that you've considered just a moment ago, I don't know where you are kind of in that process. Maybe you've already launched out, or maybe you're in a season of that waiting, or maybe there's about to be some sort of inciting incident. And so each of these reflection moments are kind of both past tense and present tense. Um, and we just want to reflect kind of on this idea of actively waiting in a place of balance with this, just for a few seconds. How are or were you actively waiting? In that story that you just thought about, that moment of God kind of unfolding story in your life, how are or were you actively waiting? And let's just take a moment here again, close your eyes, and Lord, would you just lead us in this moment? Would you reveal to us what it means for us to actively wait? Will you show us how you are or how you were preparing us to step out. And again, Lord, I just pray a supernatural dose of the peace of Christ over us today. That as we in any area of our lives are engaged in waiting on you, God, May it be intentional, and may it be active, but may it be defined by peace and rest. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have that period of balance where things are the way they are. And then we move into the second phase of story that we see in stories throughout all of, of time, really, which is un unbalance. And so as balance is a season, Balance can be months or even years at times. This moment of unbalance is often uh, an instant. It's often an inciting moment. And usually those moments kind of happen in one of two ways, either crisis or discovery. We've all had moments of crisis that have led us into some sort of journey of discovering something deeper or new or figuring out a solution to a problem, of journeying with the Lord. And so it can either be that moment of crisis or it can be a moment of discovery where because we've been in this process of actively waiting and pursuing the Lord and reflecting with him, we discover something about who he is or his call on our lives or he, he reveals something to us about the nature of our identity. And so there are these two kinds of unbalance in our life, either a moment of crisis or a moment of discovery. Even this week in my own life, kind of around this idea of crisis, um, I had a kind of a, a tense moment with a friend. And in that moment of crisis, I had the opportunity to kind of step out on this quest with that friend and navigate that relationship and discover, Lord, how are you refining me? How are you refining this person? How can I, again, in the series of form, demonstrate and embody the char characteristics and grace and kindness and goodness of Jesus? 
And that moment of crisis led me out onto this journey that took me into kind of this story as it continued to unfold with this person in my life. There have been other seasons where I have had these moments of unbalance because of a discovery, because of learning something new, or because of the, the revelation of God into my life about who I am. I had this really significant moment, gosh, probably a decade ago at this point, where I read this book uh, called Walking on Water by a, a woman named Madeline L'Engle. And I've talked about the book before in, in this context because it's been so powerful for me. Uh, Madeline L'Engle also wrote a book that maybe you read in like middle school called A Wrinkle in Time. And so she wrote young adult fiction, but she also wrote this book called Walking on Water that is about her creative process. And it's a nonfiction book about her life as an artist and as a writer. And as I read it, it revealed so much to me about who I was as I heard her story and as I heard her talk about the role of creativity in her life. And as a, as a result of that process of discovery and how God used that book in my life to reveal more about who I am, it caused this unbalance. And it caused me to step out onto a quest to kind of move into the next phase of my journey. And so there are these moments of crisis and there are moments of revelation as the Lord reveals more about who he is and about who we are. Yeah, and even there, are, when you step into unbalance, there can be unbalance that happens to you, and there can be unbalance that happens because of your actions. So for an example, we have the story of Saul. Saul has been persecuting the church. He believes he's doing the right thing, but he's, he, one day, one night, he's, he's going back. He's traveling to the next city, and all of a sudden, an unbalance occurs. I guess you could say an inciting incident, the moment that everything changes for him. God shows up and changes everything. He's, he goes blind. He, re, he realizes that he's been, he's been attacking the very thing he, he thought he believed. And so here we have an unbalance that specifically happens to Saul that will, he will then become Paul and change the rest of his life. And I think this is important to know that like sometimes the unbalances or let's say even the crises that could happen in your life is God, inter, he is intersecting your life and he is in a turning point and he is changing you. And sometimes there can be moments of chaos, confusion, and we, we can think that they're maybe just because of us, but in reality, God is chasing after us. God is trying to get our attention. He is halting our path because he knows that path is leading us down a one of destruction, and, he, and he's halting it because he wants to transform us and turn us around and lead us into a new place of life. There's also unbalance that happens because of our actions. There's unbalance like Jonah. Jonah knew what he needed to do. He knew his story, but he chose not to do it, and thus there was conflict and there was, there was un unbalance as he tried to run from God. And I, so here you have two circumstances and situations where unbalance can occur in our lives. And that's why I think it's important to be aware that we can cause unbalance in other people's lives and even in our own life by the choices we choose. And the choices we choose will tell a lot about us. You, you know, the choices you make will make you. And so it's important to look at the choices you're making in your story and look at the path they're leading you at, as well as to recognize that, that the way that God may be intersecting your life and that he may be trying to lead you down a path that you have not walked before. So Paul had these moments of crisis like Garrett just talked about, but Paul also embodied these moments of discovery where the Holy Spirit revealed something to him, and it caused unbalance in his life and kind of sent him out. At the end of the book of Acts, you know, Paul has been you know, having this incredible ministry where he's written letters to churches and led the church in so many ways and has been an advocate for the message of Jesus. And there's this moment where he looks at the people around him and he says, I have to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what it is, but the Lord has revealed something to me that says, I got to get up from where I am and I have to go. 
And it wasn't from a moment of crisis. It was from a moment of revelation. In Acts chapter 20, uh, 22, Paul says this to the people in his life. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Paul, because of his waiting with the Lord, because of his active relationship with God on a regular basis, was open to the voice of the Lord in his life. And because he was open to the voice of the Lord in his life, God was revealing things to him about who he was and about what his call was. And in this moment, we see that Paul has an impetus in his life. There's this inciting incident, and it wasn't as a moment of crisis. It was because of a moment of clarity that led him into the next phase of what God was calling him into and who he was created to be. Absolutely. And that decision, that clarity created conflict. Now, when you're creating a story, the the very first thing the question must be asked is what is the conflict in this scene? What is the conflict in this conversation? What is the conflict in this story? And and we are taught as as storytellers that if there's no conflict in the scene, you cut it, you get rid of it, it gets thrown out. And I think this is so fascinating because I think most oftentimes we look in our lives like how can we escape conflict? How can we get out of it? How can we not handle it? And usually, especially conflict mostly in relationships. But if we are to understand, if we are going to live a good story, that means we are going to create conflict in our lives. We are going to be a people who, as we step forward, people are going to feel the weight of our decisions, and we are going to make intentional choices that reveal what we believe and what we stand for. So if we want to live a good story, we have to learn to be comfortable with conflict and knowing that it's not all going to look like relational conflict. There's going to be conflict that comes, for example, choose me choosing to go to school to pursue what I love created a conflict of me having to figure out how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to, all these little decisions. So you will create conflict, but that's not what matters. The the most important part is how do you respond to the conflict? What defines a hero is that he, in a moment of conflict, knows how to respond in the way that makes him a hero. So how you respond in moments of conflict will say a lot about your character, will say a lot about who you believe and what you're living for, will demonstrate your purpose. So think about that as you move forward and you look at the areas of conflict in your life, what could be some of the ways that God is actually revealing more about who you are and who he is, as well as demonstrating um, really the opportunity to overcome circumstances and not to run from it. So our next moment of reflection here, again, just close your eyes, and we invite you to consider what is or was or maybe even will be um, the conflict. And that doesn't mean necessarily a negative conflict. Again, we're talking about this inciting incident as the result of the Lord revealing something to us or at times even uh, even this sense of, uh, of crisis. So in that story, maybe you're not to that part, part yet or maybe you're beyond it, but What is or was or will be that moment of conflict that will cause unbalance? God, I pray for a spirit of boldness and bravery over this room today. For each person in this room today, God, I pray for boldness and bravery that we would not be people who avoid inciting incidents in our lives, but we would be people who press into you and recognize that you are with us. And because you're with us, we're not afraid. We open ourselves up to whatever it is that you would welcome into our lives so that we can continue to move forward into the story that you've created us for. In Jesus' name. 
So balance, unbalance, and now quest. So balance is the way things are. Unbalance is the thing that disturbs that. And then quest is us being called out onto this grand journey with God. And we see this very early in the ministry of Jesus. The very first thing that Jesus does when it comes to kind of establishing the forward momentum of his ministry is he goes to these unexpected followers and he makes them leaders. He goes to the 12 disciples one at a time or at groups of a few at a time, and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. These guys had balance in their lives. They were out on the lake fishing and this rabbi, this teacher, this man that maybe they had heard of before or maybe they hadn't came up to them and said, hey, it's time for you to make a decision. I may make a decision. I am creating unbalance in your life from this invitation. But this invitation is the grandest invitation that you will ever be invited into. So come with me on this journey. Let's embark on a quest together. Yes, a quest. That's my favorite part, man. <laughs> I get all worked up with the quest. Yeah. When, what is Actually, it? so as Gary and I were preparing for this, he sent me like a list of notes of kind of like each of these things. And I was like, okay, well, the quest part is really great, but everything else you've written under every single one of these aspects is all also quest. <laughs> So let's kind of scale it back a little bit. Let's focus. Yeah. Garrett is definitely all about quests for sure. I can affirm yeah. that. Well, and one of, th one of the things that I find so ironic and interesting is that I love, I love the idea of quest. I love adventure. Like I try to live by that. Like I want to live an adventure. And that, that's, that is at the heartbeat of who I am. But at the same time, I'm also terrified of the unknown, which I think is hilarious because you can't have one without the other. And I think that though that plays into who we are as a people and that as we move towards, as we after, as God advances in our life, we move towards a story, we have to learn to live in that place of knowing that we are going to both experience an incredible love and a fulfillment and incredible and also a lot of fear and a lot of terror as we're stepping into these this area that we love and that we are called to and also even risk i think it's important to understand that that if we are going to live a good story we are going to have risk that we cannot risk is going to be like conflict it's a natural part of the process and when creating a story you learn to chart out the moments of risk and the thing about risk is risk will 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 continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger and build to the to the climax, to the point of no return. Also, what, what's really important is the idea of heroes and villains. And I think this is really important because we oftentimes we see we see villains as like the evil guy who just gets up and laughs. He's like, oh, I'm gonna destroy the world. But you know, most villains are are people who have have they think they have good intentions. And when when I'm creating a villain character for stories I write, I always look at what who are they? What what do they believe? What is the, because the psychology of who they are, oftentimes they, the reason what makes them evil is that they must, they're misunderstood and they're living out of a reaction, a sort of a phase of reacting. And a story of this I have that represents to me this so well is not too long ago, I was I went paintballing. And so, uh, and I went with Logan and a few other guys. And so we're all, we're all pumped up. And I have to say that I grew up in Indiana and I, I grew up like my brother was in the military and we used to go out and play in the woods and like have wars. And so uh, like this is not new for me. So I'm going into this 
feeling pretty good. Like, I got this. Like, I've, I've seen war, you know? Like, I'm strong. And so we start playing, and, and we just get hammered the first couple rounds. But we eventually get to the point where start, we're doing really well. And we play this game where, where I'm the, I have to be the president. And I have this little, little tag that's like red tag that's on my face so everyone knows to shoot me. And if they shoot me, then the game's over. So either I, and I have to try to get over to the other side. So everyone, my team's trying to protect me. And so we're playing. It's dark outside. You know, adrenaline's running. We're like paintballs are flying over my head and my my mask is all foggy I can't see and all of a sudden I hear my friend screaming like there's a guy there's a guy and I know that everyone's trying to kill me so without even thinking I do the thing I do what every brave man does and I scream and I panic and I fire my gun as fast as I can so I whip around the corner and I just let loose and they're about 15 feet away I see this black form that's my enemy and I'm letting him have it and, and it hurts 15 feet away getting shot by a paintball hurts well as this as this figure rises up in pain, I quickly realized that it was Logan, and it was my own teammate, and that in this moment of panic, I reacted, and I just attacked, like I was in survival mode, and I felt, I, first of all, I felt so bad that I betrayed Logan. Here, I should have been standing by him like a brother, and all of that, but uh, I also betrayed Bethany, so uh, I got double, That's double the life. loss, yeah. So anyways, so, but that to me is such a perfect picture that we can believe we're the hero. In that moment, I was the hero. I was like, I'm going to take out this bad dude, and I'm going to save the day. But in reality, I was inflicting pain. I can guarantee you that Logan did not see me as the hero in that moment, that I was the villain. And so to me, that's important that it goes back to unbalance. When we're in unbalance, we may think we're being the hero, but we're actually unintentionally hurting and wounding the people around us. And this is really, really important. And I say this because I know I can look back and see at moments that I've been so caught up in the vision of what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, that I forget who I am and I react, I respond. So it's important to understand that, that as we move forward, we need to be aware and to stop and listen of our surroundings and not just be a people who react because you could be the villain in someone else's story. And even, you know, I constantly reminded that the, the, the path to doing good can be just as destructive as the path of doing wrong. And that we can have great intentions, but we can react and go about it in an unhealthy, unbalanced way that will hurt people. And to them, we, we become a villain. But to us, we didn't see where we went wrong. Yeah. And I think it comes down to this question, are we responding out of love or fear in these moments of crisis? Uh, and, you know, Jesus in the garden is a perfect example of this, right? He's under great anguish, he is not wanting to step into this, this moment of the crucifixion. He knows what's ahead for him. He is in such anguish that he's bleeding from his, his sweat glands. And then these people come to arrest him. And Peter, with good intention, stands up and cuts off the ear of one of these soldiers. Jesus picks it back up and puts it back on the soldier's head, right? And Jesus, in that moment, is surrounded by people who tell him to respond out of fear because he knows that this thing that he's about to be stepping into will be full of pain. But Jesus chooses to respond out of love, and that is what made Jesus and makes Jesus the hero of that moment, the hero of the world, the hero of our lives, is that Jesus is the constant embodiment of responding out of love. So I want us to, again, uh, take a moment to pause and reflect uh, on this question. What are or were we called into in response to the unbalance of our lives? And how can we live in love? So again, close your eyes and we're just going to take a couple seconds to think through that question. How are, what, are the, what are the things that the Lord might be calling us into on this quest? And how can we make those things defined by love?
God, thanks for the journey you've called us into with you. Thank you that you're always with us. You're never going to leave us or forsake us. God, thank you for everybody in this room today who is in some way on this journey. In some areas of our lives, God, we are on this journey and you are with us. And so, God, I pray for a fresh revelation of your presence with us on the journey this morning. Amen. All right, balance, unbalanced quest. Number four, climax, and we're just going to get through these last two pretty quick here. Um, sing a couple songs together and worship a little bit more. Um, climax is this, is this moment, this point of, of no return. Yeah, so we look at the, like the story of David and Goliath. Here, we have this moment where David faces Goliath. Now, instead of just focusing on that specific part, I think it's important if you rewind and go back, that this, that point, that, that moment, that defining moment that we look at Scripture, like, man, David, this is when he began his sort of succession to the throne. But before that, long before anyone ever saw him, long before he was seen, he was just a shepherd. And he was just around sheep, and I've been around sheep, and they're not enjoyable to be around. They're stinky, they kick you, they scream, and they're the most confusing creatures I've ever seen. So he's around these creatures, you know, he's fighting off these wild animals and trying to save these things that may, he may not even care for. And he's wrestling bears, and, you know, it's probably bored. He's maybe learning to play some music because he's bored, you know, stringing on his harp and whatever. Every day happens, it's mundane life, whatever. But then all this moment comes where he's called up and, he, and he's going to take some animals, some food to his brothers and he sees this Goliath and he's like, why doesn't anyone do anything? Like, he's no different than that big old bear I wrestled back in the field, you know? But that those moments prepared him for that moment. So we have to understand that climaxes in our lives are, are, are intentional choices that we make over a long period of time. That as we continue to choose into living a healthy story, we are, there, even long before we even realize it, God is allowing things. David playing this harp, he just, he, maybe he's bored, maybe he loves music, but that becomes the very thing he uses in, in his ministry to the king. You know, wrestling the bear, he can overcome Goliath. So there are things that are happening in your life now that feel extremely mundane and that don't feel a part of your story, but they are and that they need to happen now and all uh, and all of those little choices and decisions combined and how you respond to them will lead up to that moment when that point of no return, that climax where you can say, I can do this because I know who I am. And those moments of climax aren't always successes. So many of the movies that we see or the things that we watch are the story of something ending in success, but there are probably more times in our life where these moments end in what we would consider failure. And I just want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, if you feel like you've been stuck, if you feel like you failed, I just want to encourage you, don't let the small moments of failure define you. Look to the bigger story. Don't let the small moments of failure define you. Look to the bigger story. What does God want to teach you in that perceived failure? How is he revealing himself in that moment of difficulty? How is he showing himself to you and, learn, and, and revealing things to you about who you are through that moment of difficulty, even when it is considered a failure? And when we're willing to do that, it becomes part of this, more, this, this journey that we're on that's much bigger than those small moments. And he teaches us something and leads us out into that. So let's reflect on this. Um, envision what your quest could lead to. What are some of the possible outcomes of this story that you considered earlier? that God would lead you into this thing, what are some of those possible outcomes? Close your eyes and consider that for just a few seconds. God, thank you for moving and working. Continue to lead us. Amen. 
All right, we're on to this last piece, balance, unbalance, quest, climax, climax, and now the new balance. What is the new reality of God in our lives? How has he established new truths around who we are and in our circumstances? And I think one of the things that we often do is we miss the opportunity of what comes after that moment of climax. And the opportunity that we have is an opportunity for reflection and an opportunity for us to receive God's grace in the moments where we feel like we've been a failure, in the moments to exhibit gratitude in the places where God has allowed us to, to experience triumph and success. And one of the most beautiful things about this moment of new balance in our stories in a micro and in a macro way is it gives us the opportunity to worship. And it gives us the opportunity to worship by either accepting God's grace over us or by practicing the, the beautiful opportunity for gratitude and to worship him, him for who he is no matter the circumstance. Yeah, and, and even after, as we continue to move through, we can get to this point where even, even this can happen long before we ever take the first step, but we can get caught in sort of this idea of like happily ever after, the pursuit of happiness. And once I was working on a story and I thought like, what's the opposite of happily ever after? And I was like, it's a never-ending nightmare. And I think that when we pursue happiness, we pursue a never-ending nightmare. We get stuck in this day-to-day, I got to make enough money. If I'm, if I'm like this, I could be like that. If I do that, if I were them, if my story was like this, I could do that. And we get stuck or in this constant, this en- never-ending nightmare where we're just in this endless cycle where, where life is passing us by and nothing meaningful has happened. And, you know, what I think about is when J.K. Rowling was writing her book in that little coffee shop, I guarantee you she was not thinking, one day Pete, there will be a plaque. And people will come and say, oh, this is the spot she wrote the book. I'm sure she showed up there. You know, her hair was probably a mess, tired. I guess I'll write today. I'll hammer out some words and make this happen. She had no idea that she was living history. And that's what you guys are doing right now. Every day is an opportunity to live history, to create the history you want. And so if you feel like your life is stuck in this never-ending cycle, then now's the time to create an unbalance. Now is the time to say, okay, I need to make some changes in some situations to see that my life does not continue in this pursuit of happiness because true happiness is found in the journey. And one of the things, like my brother and I, we, the new challenge for us is going and backpacking and, and trying to hike to the tops of, of mountains. And one of the things I've learned is that when I come back, that we probably will spend three hours telling everyone about our friends, like what it was like. And I guarantee you only a small fraction of that is about what it was like to stand on the mountaintop. Everything else we share is what the journey was like. And that's because living a good story is about embracing the journey and being transformed by the journey. The journey is what changes you. The journey is what you remember. And the journey is what brings growth. And that is our call. It's to step into growth, not to be comfortable. Go ahead. Go ahead. Garrett, will you hold this for me, please? So I'm just going to draw two little pictures here. And that concept of happily ever after in some ways is kind of tragic because it looks like this. There's this moment where we're kind of living life, right? And then something happens that causes us to go on this journey and maybe we grow a little bit and then we live happily ever after on this plane of existence. And we've had this much growth in our lives. But the beauty of this reality of balance, unbalance, quest, climax, new balance is it's the story that God is calling us on over and over and over again. And while we think we overcame one thing and we've had one experience and we want to live happily ever after, 
God's picture of our lives is that we are in this place of rest and we're actively waiting and something happens that causes us to grow. And then we grow and there's a, a response to that and we're here we are in this new balance, the new, the new way that things are. And we exist in that period of time for a moment, being grateful for what he's done. And then we're in a new state of balance and the whole process starts all over again. And as we actively wait on the Lord, he reveals things to us that once again send us out on a quest and something happens and we learn about it and that's our new reality. And then again, he reveals something to us or something happens in our life where there's a challenge that leads us again to begin climbing that mountain and we reach another plateau and he's taught us a new thing and we have a new reality. And yet again, all the way through our lives, over and over again, God is inviting us into choosing growth, into choosing to pursue who he is, to understand more about who we are, and to step into the quest that he's calling us on over and over and over again. And so I want us to, again, laugh for the last time, pause, and consider this concept of new balance. And, and reflect on your story. Consider areas in which you need to embrace grace, where you feel like there's been failure, and moments you can celebrate with gratitude where you feel like there's been success. Where are moments that you need to embrace the grace of Christ over your life today? And where are moments that you today can say a prayer of gratitude, thanking him for what he's done? In closing, before we go into worship, just want to remind us that we are people of hope, our story. You know, and I, it's, a, it's a funny example, but I, I, and this is the time I think about, you know, a new hope. And that we are a people that we have the ability to step into a circumstance and a situation, into a world, into a history that is unbalanced. And we get to step into it, and we get to tip the scales of heaven. We get to look at these situations and say, there is more to this situation. What the world may say, it's over, it's done, there's no life there. We are people of hope that says, no, there is still life here. And we get to bring balance back where there was only darkness. Now, where we stepped in, we brought light, and we can restore the balance. And that is a world that is reconciled to God and to Christ. So would we be a people who are, have the ability to look into situations and through our stories restore balance to our cities, to our relationships, to our lives, and to, uh, and to our world. And so our, that is our call to us, that we would tip the scales of heaven and we would be a people of hope that sets a new standard for what that looks like. Yeah, all creation longs for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Because when we live out our stories... As we step into the call of God on our lives, we contribute to that meta-narrative of God reconciling all of creation back to himself. And so today, we're going to acknowledge that, our, that we are a part of, of that meta-narrative, that big story. And we're also going to kind of do a visual representation of how we're all living these narratives alongside of one another. As we sing these last couple songs, I want to invite you to go to the back. There's a couple baskets there. Pick up one of those strings and put it on the first pole there on the carabiner under the word balance and then just string it along the other poles and as we worship we're also going to see kind of this visual representation of the stories that God is unfolding through each of us as individuals that come together to help us move toward that prayer of Jesus thy kingdom come 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we open our lives to be used in the grand story of God to reconcile all of creation back to him. Let's stand together. God, we open our hands to you. We open our hearts, our lives to you. And we invite you to send us on a quest that is much bigger than we are. God, enliven our dreaming and then put our feet to movement as we step out on a journey with you over and over again every day, embracing grace and proclaiming gratitude and worship of you. Let's sing together and you feel free to go and do that.